Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Market Podcast by BNP Paribas Asset Management. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by David Choa, Head of Greater China Equities. Certainly an opportune time to be discussing what's happening in the equity markets around China ahead of the U.S. elections. Before we do that, uh, what are some of the things that have been driving the markets recently? The U.S. elections, certainly one of them. The most notable evolution over the last week has been a slight improvement in the odds for Donald Trump in terms of his re-election, but they are nonetheless um, not seeming very good if you look at the polls, if you look at the betting market. Uh, but like I said, things have moved up just a bit. Uh, and also to remind people, however, that within the key swing states, those six states uh, which really decided the victory in 2016 as Trump won those states and that put him over the top for the Electoral College. Uh, there, Trump is actually polling pretty similarly to the way he did back in 2016 against Hillary Clinton. So certainly a lot of excitement over the next three weeks ahead of November 3rd. The other news clearly is the evolution of the pandemic, most notably the deterioration of the situation in Europe, though also in the US cases are also rising. Uh, but the market generally focusing more on the reaction of the markets, the reimposition of any restrictions, any movement towards lockdowns, as opposed to directly uh, the number of infections. Uh, and that's because in the US, we aren't at least not yet seeing any reimposition of lockdowns. So, broadly speaking, investors are a bit less concerned, if you will. Uh, whereas in Europe, certainly we are seeing uh, new restrictions being imposed in the UK, in France, uh, numbers in Italy going up. So clearly a risk. And what the markets are trying to ascertain is how far governments will need to go in order to bring the pandemic under control, certainly as we now move into uh, winter. And then what is going to be the economic impact of those measures? And you certainly see so far governments really trying to minimize uh, the economic impact, but at the same time, uh, achieving the outcomes that they need to achieve in terms of bringing infections down. Final point, we're moving into earnings season. Early uh, figures, generally speaking, positive. Uh, good numbers broadly out of the financial sector. Uh, also some surprisingly good numbers from some of the automakers showing that uh, for all uh, the restrictions maybe that we've had on movement over the last six months now. Uh, people still need to buy cars, still need to drive around. So some good numbers there, uh, but early days for the earnings season, and we will keep you updated uh, as that goes along. With that, then, let's turn to our guest speaker, David. Uh, let's start out with uh, the Chinese equity rally. They have rallied strongly this year. Do you think this is the start of a long-term bull market? Thanks, Daniel. Um, compared to the last market cycle like 2015 and relative to the world, China is definitely in a better footing for sure. Fundamentally, it has a better control of the COVID-19, it's getting near to the end of the tunnel, and now it also has a more balanced economy with a very robust consumption and service sector, not to mention a fast-growing innovative segment in technology and healthcare. The country also has now more firepower, both fiscally and monetarily, because compared to the Western world, it has not spent as aggressively. So if there's a resurgence in COVID-19 or there's a 
more geopolitical tension, they still have more firepower to spend. And they also now uh, have a better control on the balance sheet risk and the market risk. Both risk has been in China for a long time, and the market now understands much better, and the government also takes a more proactive stance in tackling this risk. On the technical side, China has been underweight by the international investor for so long, and we see the tide just start to reverse. And Chinese government now have also accelerated the capital market reform to make it easier for foreign investors to access to the local market. And not to forget that uh, RMB now these days is also much stronger, which gives the investor much better confidence on the market itself. And here we go very lastly is the we still have the super QE now. There's still lots of money around. And whatever the variation is, growth is still better than near uh, zero long-term rate. So I think the market still have some way to go. Certainly one of the key sectors for the U.S. market has been technology, leading uh, the market, generally speaking, higher for most of the year. Uh, and they've been quite dominant in the U.S. for 2020. How does the situation in Chinese stock markets compare? Um, tech is also a very hot segment in China. But the situation here is slightly different from several aspects. First of all, while in U.S. Uh, it focuses on a few leaders, the tech opportunities in China is more diverse. It has more leaders in each segment rather than just one winner. And secondly, many areas of this tech are still in the infancy stage. So we have fast-growing companies across the whole value chain, from upstream to downstream, from hardware to software, cloud and infrastructure. And China's tech historically have focused on the consumer applications. And now the focus is shifting to the enterprise, which is hugely underspent versus the global peers. And this would be another key driver for growth. And let's not forget that actually in China, uh, we have a huge traditional industrial and manufacturing sector, which means that the brands and companies that leverage on digital transformation to improve the brand image, gain sales channel, and improve their productivities, they will gain more shares and they are the secondary beneficiary of the tech boom. And in China, it's also more than technology. We also have the consumption theme here. The government is pushing for more local consumption as the rest of the world is in a weaker footing. And here in China, the wealth level has also reached an infection point. And people here want a better lifestyle, which means there are opportunities beyond just the physical goods. In, which means there are many opportunities also in the service sector. And then the innovation also do not only limit in tech. For example, China is moving up the value chain in the medical sector. And now the days we have a globally competitive CRO that do cutting edge research for the global biotech firms. So I think uh, here in China, uh, the investment opportunities is actually very dynamic. With that in mind, which sectors in Chinese stocks do you see as particularly attractive for the short to medium term? Our team focuses on three key themes in China. Number one is really uh, sectors that relate to innovations. China is putting a lot of focus and emphasis on promoting the technology development, not only to diversify away from the U.S. dependence, but also because 
China has a large traditional satellite industrial that have urgent needs to upgrade their productivity. And China is also unique in the sense that it's not only a major manufacturing hub, it has also a very big local market. So it has more synergies and gains on both fronts, which means beneficiaries will go beyond the traditional technology enablers. For example, there will be healthcare companies that are going to benefit, and there will be traditional companies that can improve their sales and margin because of their extensive digital transformation. Secondly, we focus on consumption. As I mentioned, uh, China already beyond the point that we want better products. We actually, what we want is better lifestyle. So the beneficiaries will go beyond the traditional retail sectors. It will be means uh, companies in education, in healthcare, wellness, in entertainment, in food consumption. These are large space with a lot of emerging local brands that will gain awareness and wallets among the consumers. And finally, we focus on consolidation. As growth in China moderates after a decade of fast growth, companies need to think more about the other side of the equation beyond simple revenue. They need to think more about R&D, more about productivity and cost. Those with progressive mindsets will increasingly pull away from the competition and consolidate the market. And this happened not only in the old industry sectors, but actually also in the new economy sectors. These big three themes, we believe that will stand the test of the time, regardless of the external factors like COVID. And actually, the themes that we see are happening faster than before because of this new external pressure. And these themes are the guiding star of the portfolio, which we used to find ideas and how we position. Absolutely, David. I think we've seen broadly how COVID has accelerated a lot of things that that actually were already there, uh, but now things moving just much more quickly than people had anticipated. If I can summarize then what David shared with us, question about after a big rally already in Chinese equities, how are we placed uh, going forward? And David highlighted that at least compared to the last market cycle, like in 2015 and relative to the world, uh, you can say that China is better placed today, perhaps, than it was then, both from a fundamental and a technical point of view. So certainly that's supportive. Uh, we inevitably think about the tech sector, both in the U.S., but very much uh, as well in China. And David's view is that certainly a hot segment uh, in China, but at the same time, quite different relative to the U.S. Uh, China technology sector more diversified than it is in the US with several leaders within each of the categories at the same time, arguably in more of an infancy stage, so potentially uh, a lot of room for growth. And as David thinks about dynamics, uh, looking at the integration of tech across the whole economy into consumption, into the industrial sector, so certainly a lot of dynamism. And then finally, in terms of the key attractive sectors, David highlighted the three key themes for him, uh, thinking about innovation, consumption, and consolidation. Well, that's all we have time for this week. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. With that, we thank you and wish you a good week. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice 
or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.